Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for December 1st, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jackstein, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. The title of her sermon this morning is The Gift of Persistent Hope. Russ told you the theme of our Advent series, Presence, from us, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. So I want to give you a gift. I want to give you hope. I sure wish it was that simple. Here we are on the first Sunday of Advent, and churches all over the world are proclaiming hope today, and I'm convinced that people all over the world desperately need hope. Not wishful thinking, not magical thinking, not unrealistic expectations, not specific outcomes, but rather, I want to give you persistent hope. Hope is not despairing when the leaves are falling from the trees faster than we can rake them into piles. We don't despair about this because we know that come spring, new green buds will start to show, and even in the coldest of winter, we know that shade will come soon to cool us from the heat of the sun in just a few months. The leaves will return. Hope is not despairing about the leaves hitting the ground. Hope also looks like a 55-year-old grown man walking across the street where two little girls are jumping in the pile of leaves that have been raked by their parents. And upon an invitation to jump into the pile with them, he does it twice because hope carries with it a sense of wonder. And adventure. As soon as the soil begins to cool off in September or October, hope looks like planting bulbs that will not appear again until springtime when the ground begins to thaw from a cold winter spell. You plant the bulbs and you cover them over with dirt because you trust and you hope that even in the cold, warmth will return with all of its beauty. And then when the tulips And the daffodils start to pop up through the ground every time you are surprised by hope, having almost forgotten your experiment with it. When my mother died two springs ago, I was gifted with a calla lily. After enjoying it in its pot, when the time came, I transplanted it into the ground just outside my kitchen window where I could watch its beauty and remember her well. As the cold weather encroached, the lily withered and died. I chalked it up to once again, I killed another plant. Imagine my surprise when this past spring it emerged and it grew strong all summer long. You see how much I know about plants. This is why I kill them. I watered it faithfully and it grew this spring to twice the size of when I planted it. I watched it out the window and I beamed with pride. It lives. It lives. 
and now it's gone again. But this cold season, I have hope that I didn't have this time last year. Hope that it will return when spring breaks forth. It's same with my newly planted hydrangeas. They look terrible. I have hope that come spring, they're going to look great. Don't get me started on the transplanted buckeye tree that is an offshoot from my father's prized buckeye tree. He always carried a buckeye in his pocket for good luck. You never caught him with his pants on that he didn't have a pocket knife and a buckeye. I highly recommend those two practices. He planted a buckeye tree in our front yard and he guarded it with the protective eye of a master gardener. When he was so sick and we had to drive the car down the front lawn right up to the front door so that he could just get right in the car as we would back out to take him to his dialysis treatment, every single day he would say, watch out for that buckeye tree. Don't hit my buckeye tree. It's now huge and produces hundreds of buckeyes every year. If you need a buckeye, I got you. He would be so proud. My little pitiful twig of a tree currently looks like a stick stuck in the ground. Each year for the past few years, I've been convinced that it's dead until my sister urged me, don't give up hope. Don't bother it. Forget about it. Don't worry. It will come back. And it always does. A little bigger than the year before. This past summer, not only did it have leaves, but it had a few blooms on it. So this winter, when it shed its leaves and returned to looking like a stick stuck in the ground, I learned not to be hopeless. Experience has taught me that the leaves will return when the time is right and the conditions are favorable. I'm even hopeful, I'm really putting this out there now, that in 2020, I might actually have a real buckeye from that tree. Hope looks like children playing stickball in the streets of a down-and-out and dangerous neighborhood. Hope looks like planting a garden in a war-torn city. Hope looks like a walking path to a neighbor's house. Hope looks like children learning to read and write safely day in and day out in schools even though we live in fear of school shootings every day, hope is children learning to read in the midst of that fear and teachers showing up to teach them in the midst of their own fear. Hope remembers that there is more goodness in the world than evil. Hope believes that even in the midst of despair, wholeness is possible. And hope will believe that even if the calla lily doesn't come back. And even if the buckeye tree remains looking like a stick stuck in the ground, hope still persists. Even when outcomes do not go according to my plan. Mitri Rahib is a pastor of Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem. 
one of the few Christians in that war-torn Palestinian territory, he reminds us that the whole Christmas story itself is full of hopelessness. There was no room in the inn for a desperate family. That seems hopeless. The family has to flee to another country in fear of Herod and his murderous ways. That seems hopeless. The story is fraught with hopelessness, and yet here we are over 2,000 years later, kicking off yet another Advent season, waiting to celebrate of the birth of this one that came to change the world. If that's not hope, I don't know what is. And hope looks like old Zechariah, an old priest chosen by a lottery to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. This was probably when he pulled his number. He knew and everybody else knew this was a once in a lifetime draw. He would probably never get to do this again. And it was in this moment that Zechariah had an experience with an angel of the Lord telling him that his wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. Say what? They are to name him John, and many people will love him, and he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And of course, we know from the rest of the story that John, the cousin of Jesus, is the one who has come to prepare the way for Jesus. And Jesus was actually a disciple of John as part of his preparation for his ministry. And just when old Zechariah and Elizabeth had likely given up, hope showed up and showed out. Hope does not give up or give in. Hope pushes through. Hope presses on. Hope keeps on keeping on, even in the face of impossibilities, even when we are knocked down, battered, and bruised. Hope continues. Because the truth is, in so many circumstances, hope is all there is. On the days when I find myself hopeless, and those days happen to be fairly plentiful, I often remind myself that I'm in the business of hope. And I don't get the option to opt out on hope. Hope is a part of my job description. It should fall somewhere between preach half the Sundays of the year all other duties as deemed necessary by everybody in the congregation. Somewhere between those two lines of my job description, it should read, give the people hope. So that's what I give you today. Hope. Not perfection. Not constant and utter bliss. Not an escape from harm, not a promise of success, not an assurance of plenty, not a stress-free life. But I give you hope, hope that you are not alone, hope that all will be well, 
even if it doesn't turn out like you wish it would, because hope is bigger than wishing. And hope is deeper than dreaming. I give you hope that you can endure hard things. Hope that we are in this together. Hope that reminds you that you are indeed loved immensely for exactly who you are, that your name is actually beloved. I give you hope that the questions and ponderings and the doubts can lead to a true and rich sense of faith. I give you hope that love does indeed win and hope that forgiveness does indeed heal. I give you hope that this too shall pass. Hope dreams new dreams when old dreams do not come to pass. Hope sets a new course when the path you're on is blocked. Hope chooses to believe that against all odds and in the face of so much evidence to the contrary that goodness prevails time and time and time again. Hope takes work. Hope takes courage. Hope takes risks. Hope takes practice. Hope takes persistence. The cynical and often crass author Anne Lamott says that hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. You wait and watch and work. You don't give up. So here's what hope looks like in our small corner of the world. In West Charlotte, there is a fairly new developed land trust it's a group of people who are trying their best to keep a community gather, together and save themselves from being pushed out of their neighborhood by the almighty dollar. And so the West Side Community Land Trust has broken ground for its first home as part of a long-term plan to fight gentrification in West Charlotte. It's a small step toward a goal of establishing 50 long-term affordable units in this area on land that the community already owns. So a home in Sedgefield was donated to this cause. A young couple wanted to tear down their house in the Sedgefield neighborhood to rebuild a larger home for their expanding family. They donated their home to a site on Tuckasegee Road. It will be available at an affordable price for someone in West Charlotte neighborhood to buy. It's creative thinking on the parts of so many people. But what caught my eye about this story, and actually on my Twitter feed, this story came through probably 10 or 15 times, and I didn't click on it to read it. I only clicked on it to read it when our friend Greg Gerald, who is a part of QC Family Tree, tweeted it. He lives in Enderly Park area of West Charlotte. Here's what he said when he shared the article. Quick personal note, a whole slew of people started organizing this in a living room about four years ago. 
Grateful for all the folks who've put in energy, time, and vision into making this a reality. House number one is on the way. More to follow. Four years. He tweeted this comment week before last, but because hope was already on my mind, I tweeted the following response to him. Patience is indeed a virtue. Hope is seeing the long view, isn't it? He wrote back in the most profound word. Yep. Hope is seeing the long view. Once again, Anne Lamott comes through with words that give depth depth to this idea of hope. She says, the belief is that enough hope and tenderness will lead to world peace, one mind at a time. All nations will come together in kindness and justice. Swords will be beaten into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. This is a little hard to buy, she says, with a world stage occupied by so many madmen and such suffering. But setting aside one's tiny tendency towards cynicism, in the meantime, in Advent, we wait. And hope appears if we truly desire to see it. Well, I desire to see it, and I invite you to, enjoy, to join me in seeing it, Since I'm giving you this gift of persistent hope coupled with homemade pound cake and good Starbucks coffee. Since I'm giving you this gift of persistent hope so early in the season, I want to to encourage you, go ahead and open it. Don't save it under the tree. Go ahead, rip this package of persistent hope open Don't wait to start using it. It's a way better fit than despair. And it's easier to use than fear. Merry Christmas. Here's some persistent hope. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.